0: Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I've spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, He told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Sam Filippo, you are the founder of Pod Pros, found on the web at podpros.com. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Catherine, I'm so excited to be here with you today. I've, I've been enjoying your show for quite a time. I even mentioned in the gym today, I was listening to it. So it, it's an honor to be on a show that I enjoy listening to. So thanks for having me.
0: Well, I've been uh, following your work for a number of years, and I'm thrilled that we're able to connect. Sometimes we chat in between, and I just think it's fun to be able to come on here and um, just be able to discuss what the work world is doing and how it's evolving and how you're supporting them. Um, Do you mind, Alex, at, at a high level, can you just talk about pod pros? Because it may be something new to a lot of people that are listening.
1: Yeah, certainly. So first off, Pod Pros is is a software company. So we we, we create software, but specifically for the podcasting industry. Now, before you're like, oh, well, I'm not a podcaster, that's okay. It's also for podcast guests. So it's both sides of the mic. And so what we've done is we've just identified some core problems that the podcasting industry has faced because it, it's a small industry. I mean, it's an intimate industry. It's not as big as many people think. And because of that, there's a lot of holes for people. And a lot of podcasters, hosts or guests, they just kind of find workarounds, let's put it that way. But instead of doing that, we've just started kind of filling in those spots that where we see the need. And so we've created a few really popular services and and products to really, again, just serve this industry. So again, ultimately we're a software company, but we literally only do podcasting. People ask like, Alex, you do so much. I'm like, no, I only do one thing, just podcasting. And that's exactly what we're saying out to serve is just to help those independent podcasters really get their voices heard and elevated in the world.
0: There are some shocking stats out there about podcasting and, and I think one that comes to mind is somebody starts a podcast, but their um, lifespan is not as long and it may be easy to stand out. Do you mind talking about that?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of sad, really, because a lot of people are, wow, there's so many podcasts. Like if you look at Apple and Spotify show different numbers because they have shows that are exclusively on theirs, but I always just go by Apple because the word podcasting is created by Apple. So I'll go with Apple podcast right now. They have just over 2.3. 6 million podcasts they show in their actual directory. So their whole catalog is 2.6 million. However, shows that are actively producing episodes are under 400,000. That is a really big difference. And what we find is that many people who start a show... Well, first off, the most common drop-off point is one episode by a long shot. I don't know how many, uh, over a million podcasts have one episode or less, right? <laughs> and then um, from there, it immediately j- jumps up to, a, a, b- it's between six and seven episodes. I don't know how, like, it was like six and a half episodes somehow is like the average. That's the next drop-off, then 10, then 25, then 50, then 80 or something like that. But like, the point is people don't stick with it. So again, like less than 400,000 podcasts at any given time, and most are active and uh, and Catherine, the interesting part about that is it's been, tw- we're in month 26 right now in a row that that number has stayed about the same. So one show drops off, another one comes in and it stays around that 400,000. So again, it's a, it's a smaller industry. Like if you think about the actual creators in it, that's really not that many. When you think about in the US alone, almost 100 million people listen to podcasts, not globally, just in the United States. So that's 400,000 people serving at least 100 million people. There's a a big difference there, right? That's kind of the opportunity in podcasting as well.
0: I think what you're doing is you're also, you identified the gap, you're closing the gap in today's world. And I think that's one of those vital business things that keeps showing up. The folks that are able to evolve and continue to grow and respond to the market are closing the gaps. Um, I know when I need to test new ideas, your solution, um, I have to tell you, I did... 25 interviews as a guest on, on your platform. And wow. it was amazing because I got to meet, I wasn't sure about it. And I was like, well, I'm not sure what my voice is. I don't know what the message is going to be, but I wanted to test ideas and be able to have conversations. And the folks that were kind of paired up with me were fantastic. We did the 25 shows. We did it in six months. It was a really easy experience. And I think if people are looking to maybe test new ideas in the market. This is a great way to be able to have interactions with people and just have conversations and be able to capture the recordings to be able to share. Are you seeing some of that now? Do you see more guests that are popping up or do you think it's more hosts that are popping up that are looking for that match?
1: First off, th- thank you for using Podmatch at that level. Like that's a lot. I mean, 26 in six months, That that's a- that's more than I do. I'll say that. So that, that's a lot, and, I, and I'm full time podcasting. But uh, yeah, actually, t- to answer your question though, we we see just as many hosts join as guests, but we find that guests stay longer, right? So it's always just think about the industry's churn rate: two point six million total shows, only four hundred thousand active. Like shows come and go, uh, and it's not a super crazy revolving door because people that usually will sign up for a service like this they're serious; they want to stay in it. But in general, when you look year over year. We're getting new hosts and new guests but the guests literally stay forever um and it is interesting like people who are joining as guests and coming into podcasting as a guest a lot of them like you're saying they are trying to find their own voice like they, they have all this experience but they're not quite sure how to articulate it this has been a really great medium for people to do that one example i'll quickly give is we had somebody join who was an author they had just released their book and this was a little sad i think they should have gotten on 12 months before they did because they told me i asked them a question and they, they said, oh, man, Alex, everybody has asked me that question. I really wish I would have put that in the book. And that yeah. in my mind, like we didn't dive into it too deep past that but in my mind. I'm like, huh, this is a great way for someone who's launching a product, a service or anything like this, right? A, a book, uh, even your own podcast to figure out like, what are the questions that are actually getting asked versus what do I think people are going to ask? You can really discover that through podcast guesting. And I think that's one of the beauties of it. And for you, I know it helped you kind of find some of the direction that you've, you've gone in.
0: Yeah. A lot of times you just kind of have to put yourself out there. And I think what I'm seeing in the market is people are tired of just talking. They're ready for action. They want to create an action plan. They want to implement things. They need to see results. And it's scary to create that change, that first step and being able to just kind of put yourself out there. And it's, I mean, it's not like everybody in the world's going to hear your voice, but it is a great experience. It's kind of like you know, when you're being interviewed for jobs and you you have to go through that routine, or you're making that first presentation to the board meeting, you've got to kind of build up those routine um, muscles that maybe you use at the gym. You've got to build that stuff up, and then they have some you know repeat questions, and you refine the answers. and um, I think it's a, a pretty low risk way to be able to put information out into the world and see how it's received. And just like you said with the book you know, that could have been another chapter. It could have been an addendum, a worksheet, um, something that could have continued the conversation.
1: Yeah. It, it, I I agree with you completely. And as a matter of fact, to take that even a step further. I always tell people who are telling me, Hey, Alex, I want to start a podcast. I say, great, go be a guest on three of them first. And like, why? I'm like, just make sure you like it. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the truth is this medium isn't for everybody. That's why there's a hundred million people listening to it instead of 200 million. Right. But same with being a, a host, like you might not stop if you Try being a guest first to make sure you can actually keep up with it and enjoy it. So, yeah, I'm all for what this medium provides. And one stat I'll throw out there, and I don't know the exact number. I know it was just over seventy percent, but it was. Uh, you can look this up on Edison Research, is the company that looked it up. But they they pulled thousands of podcast listeners, and they found that over seventy percent of them say they listen to learn something new, which is very interesting. So, if you think about like testing an idea, right, and being a guest on podcast to do that, seventy percent of people who are probably going to listen to that. They want to apply something and learn something new, which means they're probably going to provide some sort of feedback or take action because that's why they're there. They're not there to, like, say, entertain me. Right. Like that that segment does exist. But again, in general, people are really wanting to learn and and further and better themselves.
0: Yeah, I think this is a. a a really creative way to kind of take it further, you know, for the longest time, we we read the books, and we went online and, you know, did Audible, and, and all that stuff is fantastic. And this just opens up another door. And then as a as a business owner, and some of these more higher up executives, it may be easier to talk into a microphone and be able to share with the story, what the history, what the message is, um, than it is necessarily stand behind a computer and, and be able to type up the responses. And with you know, the efficiencies that you can just capture that audio and then be able to turn it into text and repurpose it. I think for me, the podcasting is just an easy way to be able to share ideas in a much more efficient way than me just sitting here, staring at a computer screen, typing the whole time. So
1: if I go back to my childhood, the way that I learned the best when I was a real little kid, my mom, I had some, some learning issues. Let's put it that way. I was a little bit ADD and things like that. And she got frustrated and told one of like one of our, I don't know, it was like the pediatrician I was going to that Alex just can't seem to focus when I'm having him read something or anything like that. And he said, give him some Legos and try reading to him and see if see how it goes. And my retention went from like nothing to I, I when I got tested again, it was like over 90% just to be doing something. And I, I share that not to go into my childhood or anything like that, but to share the fact that podcasting is a great way that people can learn. I I learn really well by listening to podcasts. Matter of fact, I listened to an episode today in the gym because I like to be doing things instead of sitting there reading, right? Like I like to be doing something active while I'm listening is with Scott Savage on on your podcast. I encourage people to go back and listen to that. You talked about the spirit of intent, I believe is what it was. And it was just like a, a great interview where I learned, I could apply things. I was like literally stopping my workout, taking quick little notes and then getting back to it. But if I was just reading a blog post on your website, I probably would have skimmed it and missed most of the good stuff. So again, it's a different way to learn for those of us that like to be doing something with our hands while we're trying to process information.
0: I think that's valuable information. Um, I do a, a lot of coaching calls with executives and I, I hear them fidgeting in the background. So we'll, right. we'll have a call going and I can hear the the spinner on the mouse going, you know, and I mean, they can't be reading emails that fast while we're talking at the same time. <laughs> I think it's just that I got to be able to move. I got to have a, something to fidget with while I'm having the conversation, while I'm processing the thoughts. And um, this is just, I think, another way to continue the learning and continue to find new ideas to be able to test. I want to ask a question about um delegation and, um, obviously to, to keep growing and to expand and to continue to to grow like you're doing, you've got to be able to think about things in different ways. And a lot of, um, executives, they just have a lot more coming onto their plate and a lot more expectations. And sometimes it's hard to let go of what we used to do, or they, they maybe think that they could do it better than anybody else. And sometimes we forget that, you know, somebody had to teach us. So do you mind kind of talking about delegation and, and how do you, I guess, dip your toe into the water with that kind of stuff? And then at what level are, are you just kind of like, Hey, I'm gonna let it go. Somebody else can figure this out. I'd love to hear your thoughts on delegation.
1: Yeah, this is, this is one of my favorite things to talk about, and I don't get the opportunity much. So thank you. I appreciate it. So for, first off, I, I kind of look at things through three different elements when it comes delegation being one of my, I always tell myself either automate. Delegate, eliminate. Those are three things I put every filter through. So automate, delegate, eliminate. Some things that you're like, oh, I need to delegate this, you could just automate it. Like an example is if you're like, well, I have to post on social media, I need to do that. There are tools out there that literally you can schedule it out and be done with it. You can automate that process. So you don't need to say, oh, it's 12 o'clock on Tuesday, I have to get out there and post something. No, you can just throw it through the scheduling tool. So before I even think about delegating, I think is there a way to automate this process? Does this tool exist? And if it does, that's always in my mind a better solution than trying to hire somebody and delegate it, right? If it can just be automated, then let it be. But the the big the core here is is what you're asking about, which is delegation. And I th- I think this is so difficult for those of us in business that are high level because for whatever reason, it makes sense actually. <laughs> The smarter you are, the better you are at what you do, the more comes to you because people know this person will get it done. And because of that, I see it in business all the time. And I was in corporate for 15 years. My desk I was just full of stuff all the time because like Alex will get it done. No one even needs to check in on him. He's great. He's going to make it happen. And like you're saying, like eventually some of those things come on your 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 plate where you're like, oh, this, this is the best way I can help the company. This is also the best way I can move forward. But this is something I've been doing for five years and I just have to do it. And the problem is so many of us, we burn ourselves out on that. We're just like, oh man, new opportunities, new ways to help our clients, but the stuff I've been doing forever. And at, at some point, the way I've had to come to terms with this, because I'm a high achiever. So everything in me wants to say, I can keep on doing it. I can keep on doing it. I don't need the recognition. I just like internally feel the need to do it. right? But there's this thing that that I came up with that I've, I've actually heard talked about just called necessary endings. At some point, you just have to be willing to come to terms with the fact that you can't do it all, all the time. And you have to sit back and say, what's the best for my professional advancement? What's the best for my mental health and my physical health? And also, what's the best for the company? Ultimately, the client, right? More so than just the company, the, the client that you're there to serve. And you can look at all that and say, you know what? I've been doing this for five years. I'm probably the best one in the building at this, but it's a necessary ending. I can't continue to do this and protect my mental health and protect the client. And that's when you say it's time to delegate. And to me, delegation is one of those things where I don't believe you'll ever, if you're a high achiever, I don't believe you'll ever feel like anyone's going to do as good as you are, but I promise you someone will, even if it starts off where they're only able to do 80% of what you can, at some point, someone will figure out how to take that to a different level, but you can only get to that if you let somebody do it at 80% of your capacity and level. And so it's just, again, that necessary ending where you say, Hey, for me and for the company, it's in the best interest. Here you go. And to really, truly let it go. And, and that is so much easier said than done. Like I shared this really fast, but like I, I'd actually love to hear your thoughts on how you've been able to do that as well. Because for me, this took years of learning, but ultimately what it boils down to is what I just shared. But, but what are your thoughts on this? If you don't mind me turning it on you, if that's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. No, I I, I believe in, um, in the delegation. And even probably before I was ready for it, you know, just bringing somebody in as a college intern to start kind of picking some stuff up just when I'm thinking about my immediate future or my immediate past. It's just grabbing that college intern and experimenting and sitting down and teaching and, um, being able to be okay. Well, as a recovering perfectionist, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be pretty darn close. And I'm going to be able to be able to, to do something else instead. It's going to be much more productive and it's making me stretch and grow and it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. And um, right. but I like the results of it. And I think what I'm seeing right now with, with our coaching clients is having to ask the question are you more valuable by identifying those tasks that you can delegate out and then being able to grow your role and be able to grow your vision and your strategy are you more valuable that way to the company or are you more valuable you know holding on to everything and you know if you don't want to grow anymore then that's that's okay you know we all need different people in different positions um but you got to figure out are you comfortable with staying who you are or do you think you can provide more value and are you ready to provide more value by letting go um, to be able to really probably think deeper than they have before and making time for the thinking and the planning of what I call clarity breaks and um, taking a pause from all the chaos that's that's coming at everybody all day long.
1: Yeah, you. Know, this I love what you just shared there. If I could just share the last piece of what I, I talked about, automate, delegate, eliminate. And real quick, elimination of things is just, one of those things that we we all do things because we've been doing it sometimes, right? Or somebody when they left a the job, they gave it to you. And at the end of the day, no one no one has challenged the status quo, and that's why that thing's still being done. I'll just speak to my own business. At one point, somebody recommended that we use Pinterest, and this was years ago before I had Pod Pros, and we just kind of rolled it over, changed the name, and kept on using it. And recently, I was talking to one of my my content people who I pass off to. He's like the most stressful thing we have is Pinterest doesn't play well with the formats or things. We got to do it all custom. And he's like, "Yeah, it's just a lot of extra work." Like, w- w- but you know, we're making it happen. And I was just like, "Hey, do we get any traction over there?" He's like, "No, it's basically crickets." And I was like, "Then why don't we just stop? Why don't we just eliminate that process?" And he's like, "Are you sure? Like, it's a lot of stuff over there that we've done." I'm like, "But let's just see what happens. Does our business shrink? Do we get less leads? What happens?" And so we cut it off. We just don't use it anymore. And and, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to do that. Pinterest might be amazing for someone else's business, but for us, it just wasn't seeing any traction. Stopping it alleviated a lot of stress. And so again, instead of even delegating, it might just be time to say goodbye to something. Again, go back to the idea of a necessary ending. Sometimes that doesn't even mean delegating. It just means letting it go completely and seeing what effect it has. And and, and in businesses, I think we're really scared of that because again, oh, it's been done like this for 15 years. It's been done like this for 10 years. But what would happen if you stopped? At the end of the day, what you can say is, does this make our lives easier? And does it make us more accurately able to service and help our client? And if the answer is yes, then maybe it doesn't need to be there. And again, automate, delegate, eliminate, these three things have been just a core in my life and something that you said that I have to mention, you have to let go of being a perfectionist in order to really do this well. And that, again... I'm saying that. And it's really easy for me to say. It took me years to learn that, but I'm telling you, it's it's one of the best things I've ever done for myself. So I consider myself a fully recovered perfectionist at this point.
0: I'm still trying to recover. I have my moments. <laughs> so, um, And this reminds me of a time when I was um, in corporate. I was younger. I was 24, went into this bank operations center, and they wanted me to learn all the, the products that we could sell and, and document everything and create product descriptions and set up forms and everything that goes with it. And so part of that was I sat with every department head for this, this operations bank. And I said, what can we do? And you know, how do you want me to tell you if we have a new customer? What do you need to know? And they said, well, here are the old forms. I said, well, do they work for you? Or what's the purpose of this? And they said, it's just what we've always used. I said, well, are you up for change? And they said, yeah, if it's going to make my life better. So we redesigned everything. And I sat next to the individual and I said, okay, tell me what information you need first. And we reformatted what they needed. We removed what didn't need to be needed and really condensed a lot of the paperwork. And it made it easier in operations. It made it a heck of a lot easier on the customer because they didn't have to fill out a bunch of stuff that nobody needed anymore. And so just kind of challenging that normal expectation and working with team members who are willing to grow and and evolve um, has has really been helpful. And that same type process of understanding why we're doing what we're doing is just something that that I feel like is vital in business, where we're just continuing to um, question it, understand it, and be able to respond. So, because um, like you said, there could be a chance to eliminate some of this extra work that nobody needs anymore.
1: Yeah. You you know, the the one key here, I think, for a takeaway for people that are watching or listening to this is to take a step back, like reserve time to take a step back. Because the problem is when you're really in the day-to-day operation, all those things look like they're essential and a necessity. And it causes extra stress because it all has to be done because it's all important. But if you can somehow block out even just an hour a week, pick your slow day in the office and say, for one hour... I'm going to sit back and just look really high level. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? And, and of course, in, within your position, don't don't take someone else's role in the company and be like, "This person needs to stop." Right now, look at yourself and everything you do, and just and, and reflect on it. Because what you just shared, Catherine, is is how that happened. Is the fact that you were able to look at it from from afar. But when you're in it, you you can't really tell. It's like playing um like a let's just imagine like you're playing like a strategy video game, right? Like something where you're controlling an army. If you're in there and you're fighting one-on-one or really close, you can't really tell what to do. If you zoom way out, you can be like, you know what, this part of the the battle is really not relevant. Let's just move everybody over here and focus where it matters. And that's probably the simplest example I can give. But I think that if we can sit back, reserve starting with an hour, maybe two would be really ideal uh, of time every week to just say, what are we doing? Why am I doing this? Like, is this the right direction? Because again, when you're in it, it's really hard to be able to see that. But I I think that you just shared a great example of how that worked and honestly probably changed a company's trajectory.
0: Yeah, it allowed us to grow much faster because things were so much smoother in the back. And you know, when you're talking about taking an hour or two hours to be able to really take that vision and that strategic view, um, I was speaking with a, a lady not too long ago. She booked a day on her calendar just in November, just a whole day, blocked it out. And she said, that's gonna be my planning day for this for. 23 that's coming up. And um, so she was able to take the day she had just quiet time, no emails, no, you know, distractions, no texts, not in the office, but just has a dedicated day away from the office to really process what has worked this past year and what needs to happen differently for next year heading into this, you know, unknown that we don't know about for 2023. And, you know, so she's ahead of the curve. So when, you know, the owner's asking questions about, okay, what are you planning? She's already begun to strategize on that and so she's providing value to the company even before people are asking because she took the time blocked the calendar a month in advance held that day like it's a sacred day and really dedicated and put her head down and and got the work done so she said and you can hear it in her voice there's no stress because she is you know she's she's primed she's ready to go and um and as the close of the year end is happening she can just tweak a few numbers and she's good to go which is pretty cool to to get to watch that's amazing
1: I mean, that's just proof of everything we're talking about, how powerful it is. Like the fact that there was no stress involved, like that's, that's the dream in business, right?
0: Yeah. It's so fun. Tell me, Alex, um, if somebody wants to keep learning about you and about your business or, or just reach out, what's the best way to, to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm pretty easily accessible and it might be a team member that you go through first because we do have some systems, right? I had to delegate that first level of communication, but you will find me, especially if you mention that you're also a friend of Catherine's, like a friend of Catherine's is a friend of mine. So uh, you can go to podpros.com and any way you reach out, you'll be able to find me. Now, if anyone here is interested in podcasting on the guest or host side, I put together a really simple page. It's just podpros.com slash win podpros.com slash win. It gives you five really quick wins. You can read them in less than five minutes, either as a guest or host to, to help you understand if podcasting might be right for you. And you can kind of pick your, your path from there if you want. But uh, again, I appreciate being here. This has been a really good time.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Alex Sanfilippo, you are the founder of Podpros found on the web at podpros.com. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks again. I appreciate it.
0: My team and I just wanna say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at KatherineCanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherincanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Catherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here.